Hey, River Valley Network. I was recording a couple podcasts and I wanted to share this. Really, it was an idea I had. Maybe it was in the shower or something, but I said, I really should share that with the network. And I've talked to people about it and they've asked questions. And so really wanted to share with you. And if you clicked on this video, you probably already know the topic, but it's 10 ways that we can host guest speakers well. And a lot of times we get asked, how do you host guest speakers? Maybe you've been a guest speaker before at a church. Maybe it's your friend's church, or maybe it's a church that you don't know. Obviously, within the network, we get to travel a lot. I get to travel a lot with my dad, who gets a lot of requests to speak, and wanted to share some of the things that we've learned, both in hosting guests and being hosted as guests, that hopefully can be valuable to you and valuable to your church as you get ready to host people. And so by no means is this an exhaustive list or is this the only way. This is just a lot of the things that we've learned to make hosting guests a great experience, uh, both for you as the church who's hosting and for the guests who's coming. So I'll jump right in to number one. Number one is find the right contact person. We all know that the person coming is not always the best contact person. I'll use my dad as an example. He's notorious for committing to things over time periods that he's not available. And I've sometimes been with him at conferences where he says, yeah, I'd love to do that. Now, what he means is if I'm available, I would love to do that. But his calendar doesn't always allow it. And so rather than just going up to a person at a conference or sending a text or an email to them, hey, we'd love for you to be at this, or I've really looked up to you and I want you to come, find the right contact person. And most of them should know, again, my dad, I'm, I'm dogging him a little bit, but he's gotten so much better say, talk to Logan or talk to my assistant, making sure that that you know we're doing this the right way. But finding the right contact person is going to go a long way so that you can make sure to get the right information so that they're managing their calendar well and really just not a wishful thought, but actually can start moving things in the right direction. So you're going to ask questions about date, send a few options for dates, you know, being very specific with somebody, especially the, the more maybe busy this person is, if you just send one date option, maybe it's going to be too big of a challenge and you're really limiting them. So sending multiple options is great. Uh, giving information about the event. You know, I know for us, we have a form that takes, hey, tell us a little bit of information about it, but trying to be as specific as possible as to why them as well. I, I think sometimes people ask guest speakers and say, hey, you're really well known and I want you to come speak at this event. Sh you know, they're people, they're people too. So share, hey, here's why I want you to come to my event. I heard you at this conference, this really spoke. I think it'd be a great impact to my church or my leaders network or whatever it is. And I know that that goes a long way, even if it is with the assistant to, to share that information and pass it along. The second thing is, assuming you've worked out a date, you've gotten them in and you're hosting them, number two is ask the, the contact person the guest preferences. Do they prefer to have a rental car or do they want someone to pick them up? Do, or you have, do you have a personal relationship with them? Do you want to go pick them up? Uh, obviously, we want to make sure that we're honoring our guests. You know, the, the Jesus talks about how when you do unto others, you're doing it to me. And obviously, he's talking about serving people. But I think sometimes we think, oh, well, they're a guest speaker. Like, we don't need to go above and beyond. And I think it's the perfect time to go above and beyond, not to impress them or to wow 
of them so that they are feeling like, oh, wow, this church is so amazing and I want to come back here. We want to do this because they're bringing a word for our church or for our conference or for our event. We want them to experience the honor that we would hope that someone would give us. And so asking some of those things, obviously, food allergies, what are things they like? What are things they don't like? Is there anything we should be aware of? Uh, little things, this, this seems small, but when you travel a lot, is there a, a hotel brand that maybe you have a loyalty to, that maybe they have status at, that they could get an upgrade that you wouldn't even have to pay for uh, as, as the, the hosting church or the hosting organization uh, that you can reach out to. So asking those que- types of questions go a long way in that. And we have a form that uh, we can sh- obviously share with you on what types of things we ask, but there are certain things in each area that you can uh, get and, and learn in your context, but making sure you know their preferences so that you're not just assuming. Number three, it's along these lines, but clarify expectations. Who's paying for what? Are they expecting to bring a companion along with them? Do they have family? Are there children coming with? Um, are they going to book their flights and you're going to reimburse them? Are we going to book the flights? Uh, is there If there's not flights involved, is gas being covered? Is it not? And, and again, even if you're thinking, you're going, oh, I don't really bring in guests from far out of town. Think about it in your context. This doesn't have to be expensive. Everything I'm talking about here does not have to be expensive. It certainly can be depending on who you're bringing in, but this could be a friend from college that you're bringing in. Go above and beyond and treat your friend from college with honor and respect, giving them everything. And it's going to put them in an environment where they can hear from the Lord, where they can bring the word that you have. And and I would just say, don't invite somebody that you wouldn't want to host well and you wouldn't want to honor well. Uh, Honor them because they are serving the Lord. They're being obedient, not because you're trying to impress them or get brownie points. And so clarifying those expectations around who's paying for what, how many people are coming, how long they're speaking, uh, how many times they're speaking. You know, you don't want to show up at an event and say, hey, oh, by the way, we added six different services for you to speak at for the kids and for the youth, and we have a, a banquet and this. Give the expectations, clarify how much they're speaking. We even ask things like, what type of microphone do you want? Do you want a table or do you want a a pulpit? Are there other things, illustrations that you need us to have in advance that they're prepared for? Those are types of questions that can help you get ahead of it. Again, that don't cost anything extra, but can go above and beyond. Number four, create an itinerary. An itinerary is so helpful, not just for you as organizing it, but for the assistant or for the pastor that you're sending it to, send them a digital version of the itinerary. We usually send this uh, as soon as possible, but no later than usually a day or two before they come. That's going to have all their confirmation numbers for hotels, if they have rental cars or flights that you book for them. If there's people picking them up at the airport, here's their phone numbers, here's what car they're going to be in. Again, it's little details, but it goes a long way whenever you're hosting someone. Again, even if you know personally saying, hey, FYI, I will be the one picking you up at this time. I have your flight information. Here's my car. It just goes a long way because we don't want people who are traveling to have all this stress about where am I going? What am I doing? We all know how travel travel stress can impact the work that we're doing. Also on the itinerary, make sure to have a schedule of what they're doing, what time they need to be where, what time they're being picked up, if you have a driver for them. And then one thing we like to do is having some flex time. And and I know sometimes when it's short, we like to give options. You could do dinner in the green room at church, you could do dinner out at a restaurant, or you could not do dinner at all. And it gives people who maybe you don't have a strong relationship with yet, the in or the out 
to know that they're not clamped down by the expectations that you've set for them. Some speakers are introverts and they want to get back to their hotel room as soon as possible. Not because they don't like you, but because they have a word to speak in the morning at your morning service the next day. Or others want to be out and they want to experience new things. I think of my dad. He wants to, what's the best restaurant around here? Or what's what's something new that I, I we wouldn't have in Minnesota that we could try? And so knowing your guest speaker, creating an itinerary and giving him some flexible options. Number five, having some sort of gift basket. Again, this doesn't need to be extravagant. It doesn't need to be over the top, but the preferences can be a great place to have a gift basket. I know whenever I am traveling and going to a hotel and see a gift basket, it's, oh wow, they they thought about me and, you know, for for your preferences, knowing don't give them a bunch of, you know, junk food if they eat really healthy or giving them a bunch of really healthy food if they said, hey, I love Oreos. It's my favorite thing when I land and I travel. Whatever makes the most sense. And also make it appropriate for their length of stay. I've been to uh, places before where I'll get a gift basket and it will just be so extravagant and so huge. And obviously I understand the heart behind it, but I'm there for one night and really I can only eat a couple things. And so obviously I have a little bit more than you'd need, but it doesn't need to be so over the top to where you actually looks like you're being wasteful. And as a speaker, that's the last thing that you want a church to do is be wasteful just, just on you. And so making it appropriate. Um, number six is along, along with that, have a personal touch. One thing that we try to do is ask what people's favorite things are. A great example is favorite sports team. Do they have a hobby? Um, an example is we had a speaker and we were going golfing when he was here because he liked to golf. And his favorite soccer team, uh, he, he sent his favorite soccer team because we asked about it. And so we got golf balls with the logo of his favorite soccer team. I think it cost us $10, but he was blown away and he texted me and he said, wow, I had like that was amazing that you guys went above and beyond and knew that. And so those little personal touches can go a long way. I will say you can go overboard with this. I've seen people that will have pictures of people's families in their hotel rooms. And some, some people like that, but sometimes it can get a little over the top and it's like, okay, I get it. I'm on the road, I'm traveling, but you've made this room to be a little bit over the top. And so just make sure you know who the guest is, what the context is, what your relationship is like in that personal touch. Number seven, this is something we always try and do is honor their family back home. We know in ministry specifically, Family is important. They're leaving their family to be a part of whatever service, conference, or event that you're putting on. And so we always want to honor the people who are back home who maybe are are missing their their mom or their dad. They're missing the person that is there. And so we always try to send flowers to um, somebody's wife there, or if it's uh, their husband sending some sort of note or gift card or you know an activity maybe that they can do if they have kids. And if they do have kids, maybe there's a, a note. And yeah, maybe you say, hey, we just don't have the budget for that. That's okay. Sending a handwritten letter goes a long way to say, hey, thank you so much for letting your mom or your dad or letting your husband or your wife spend some time with us here at River Valley. We are grateful for them and just want you to know that their ministry is helping impact people's lives. They want to know that the travel is worth it. So going above and beyond in that area will help. And also that speaker, always we try to have it delivered on the day that they're speaking and we get reached out to, you know, hey, my wife just texted me that I got some flowers or, oh, my husband just let me know that, you know, he got that activity to do with the kids or whatever it is. And so we try to go above and beyond in that way. Again, doesn't have to be expensive or extravagant. It's intentional to know that, hey, we're honoring you as if the most famous or amazing or just incredible person is here. We want to honor everyone that way. 
Something too that's always asked, and this is number eight, is know the honorarium or offering expectations. This is something that not a lot of people want to talk about because it's a difficult thing to talk about whenever dealing with money. And I'm sure there's all sorts of, you know, hate groups on uh, honorariums and offerings for pastors and things and Instagram accounts that are made. And here at River Valley, you know, we believe that we are blessed to be a blessing and we don't believe that we get uh, give to get by any means, but we do believe that God is a God of an ultimate universe who has an ever expanding universe and there is no pie that we're cutting up. We're not taking somebody else's blessing because someone else got blessed. And so when it comes to honorarium and offerings, obviously every church is going to be different. I'm not going to tell you what honorariums to set, your culture, your context, your budget, your experience, your relationship, all of those things are going to impact honorariums. And then when it comes to offering, obviously, if it's a free will offering, the people in your church are going to be inspired. One thing that we don't do is if somebody gives a generous gift, we don't hold back. If we say this is an offering and everything's going to the speaker, if somebody puts in a $25,000 check in there and you go, well, I don't know, that wasn't your money. They put that for the speaker. Obviously, that speaker would, would love it, but don't hold back and be clear on that communication. And of course, if it's an honorarium, some speakers, they travel a lot and they have a set fee just because they say, I need to have this fee so that I know what expectation I'm getting into. We don't think people are better or worse because of that, but we want to honor that. And so a few practical steps in honorariums is get a W-9 form. If you don't know what that is, anytime someone is paid, they need to report that to the IRS. So a W-9 helps us to get them the appropriate information. We're paying this person out for their services or giving them an offering. Know who to make the check out to. Some pastors, ministers have other organizations or ministries, nonprofits that they have that you can give that to. Maybe it's a, a ministry that actually they say, hey, I don't take any of the offering. It actually should go to my ministry. So ask in advance to them or to their assistant or team, who should we make the check out to? It's always awkward when they have to come back and say, ah, the check was made out to actually my personal name and all my money actually goes to support this ministry. And so make sure to ask that question. Also be timely. It's not something that most people are going to be worried about when they're speaking, but you don't want to be known as, wow, it's been a month. We haven't even heard anything. Was I know they took an offering for me. Be timely because you don't want them to have to ask that and have the awkward conversation, or they just don't ever reach out, and then maybe you wanted to do it and you you wish that they would, but it just avoids that awkward conversation. And so maybe if you, you could even put in a note, hey, you know, we will let you know about what the offering was in the last couple weeks. And again, hear me on this. I'm trying to be helpful most people, I would say the vast majority of people do not do traveling ministry for the money. It, it doesn't pay well enough for that. But, but, but truly be timely on this, be focused on this, knowing that we want to honor when you're thinking about the number of, ah, oh, should I give this or should I give this? We want to bless somebody who's coming in. And if you can't afford to do that, of course, be upfront with them on, Hey, we can't afford this. I think there's a lot of people who you'd be surprised that would do something for maybe less, but at the same time, if we can afford it, let's go above and beyond and honor. It's called an honorarium or an offering. Let's go above and beyond to make sure that we're taking care of people. And I know that uh, whenever you get, and maybe you, again, I don't do a lot of speaking with honorariums, but if, if you do something and you get something, it's like, wow, they gave me a $25 gift card for that. And I spoke multiple times, like, 
you start to question your value. And it's again, it's not why we do things, but making sure that we're being appropriate. We're asking the right questions. If you need feedback, we're happy to help. And there's maybe others in your network who can say, hey, what do you think would be the appropriate amount for this? And if we can't afford that, that's okay. Or we're going to be uh, forward on the expectations. And again, some people don't care about that. Others are going to have a set fee. Uh, number nine, we're coming to a close here. Number nine is train up a hosting team. Don't be the only person. If you are responsible as a church, don't be the only person that is hosting people. Train up a hosting team. Are there people who can help set up snacks, set up food, set dinner reservations? Are there others that can be a driver instead of just you or just the pastor? Train up a team that can help you. There are people with the spiritual gift of hospitality. Use them. Find them in your church. They are way better than you anyways, and they're going to be using their gifts just like the Bible talks about. And then the last Last thing is be joyful. We get to do this. We don't have to do this. Whenever we're hosting somebody, whether it was our intention or not, or as our pastor who decided, or our our superintendent, or somebody from another church that suggested it, maybe you don't have a relationship yet. Be joyful. It is a privilege and an opportunity to get to host people. And so just want you to know that we try to carry that in everything we do in the way that our green room is set up, in the way that our services are set up, in our introductions, in our honorariums, in our travel and everything. We want people to be lifted. And uh, one of our values is to speak life and bring lift as a staff. And so uh, we want to bring lift to people as they're coming into River Valley. And I hope that you got some resources from this. I hope this was was helpful. Of course, if you have any questions or say, hey, could I get that form or anything, we'd love to resource you. But I, I hope it's valuable as you bring in guests to your church, again, whether it's a friend or a high profile pastor or somebody who you just really were inspired by that you want to have come in. Hopefully this can be helpful so that we can host guests well. We'll see you back soon, uh, whether that be on the podcast or the channel. Appreciate you guys. If you need anything, let us know.